On my twelfth birthday, my father discovered that I could read. He came home long before the supper hour that night, an occurrence so rare that in my shock I forgot to greet him. Instead, I sat stupefied, clutching a forbidden clay tablet. What are you doing? he asked, his gaze arrested by the side of the tablet clasped to my chest. My father, a royal scribe in the Persian court, treated his writing tools as if they were the holy objects from the Ark of the Covenant. Before I had learned to walk or speak, I had learned never to go near his scrolls and tablets for fear I might damage them. You know better than to touch this, he said when I didn't respond right away. I swallowed the ball of gathering dread in my throat, knowing myself caught. Truth seemed my only option. I was reading, I said as I replaced the tablet on the floor with extravagant care. He studied me from beneath lowered brows. Even if you could read, which you cannot, you should not be anywhere near my scribal supplies. It is very wrong of you to lie, Sarah. I'm not lying, father. He heaved a sigh, spreading his hand in mock invitation toward the tablet. He said, demonstrate. The tablet was in Persian, one of the most complicated languages of the world. I could have chosen to teach myself Aramaic, a simpler language for a beginner and more appropriate for a Jew. But most Aramaic documents were recorded on parchment, and I had decided that there would be fewer chances of accidentally damaging clay or stone tablets than fragile parchment scrolls. Licking my lips, I concentrated on the complex alphabet before me. The symbols looked like a series of delicate nails standing upright or lying sideways, an occasional incomplete triangle thrown in for confusion. With halting accuracy, I began to read the first line from left to right, then the second and the third. My father sank to the carpet next to me, his movement slow. He was silent for a long moment, then he asked, Who taught you to read Persian? Nobody. I learned by myself. I've been studying for five months. He seemed speechless. Then with jerky movements he fetched three small clay cylinders and placed them before me. What's this word? And this? Can you make out this sentence? We must have sat there for hours as he tested my knowledge, corrected my pronunciation, and demonstrated grammatical rules. He forgot about my months-long transgression of secretly handling his scribal supplies. He forgot to remonstrate with me for having taught myself to read without his permission. But then he also forgot to ask me why I had wanted to learn. Although I was surprised by his lack of anger at my behavior, his lack of interest was all too familiar. In the years since my mother's death when I was seven, my father had rarely spoken to me of anything save mundane household matters, and even that was rare. My desires, my motives, my hopes held no appeal to him. Late that night, after so many hours of his company, when I crawled onto my thin cotton-filled mattress, my mouth spread in a wide smile. I had finally found a way to hold my father's attention. He had spent more time with me on this one night than he was wont to do in a fortnight. Months of hard work had won me the desire of my heart. He had found something in me worth his while. After we lost my mother, Aunt Leah, my mother's only sister, began coming once a week to our home to help us with the housework. She tried to show me how to sew and clean and cook. 
Our conversations around these topics tended toward frustration for her and pain for me. Weren't you paying attention when I showed you how to pluck the chicken? No, Aunt Leah, I beg your pardon. You can't use a broom like that, Sarah. You only move the dust from one spot to another. That's not called cleaning. That's a migration of dirt. Yes, Aunt Leah, I beg your pardon. This pot won't clean itself just by staring at it and sighing. Silence seemed the best response at times like this. I could not offend my only aunt by telling her the truth, that I would rather hit my head with the pot and make myself lose consciousness than have to face the frustrating boredom of scrubbing its black bottom.